It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whatever time it is, wherever you are in the world. The tennis world seems to be expanding all the time. So, I, Blair, I have to address people in all four corners of the globe. Uh, how are you doing today anyway, Blair? I am great. Happy to be talking tennis, which is something I don't actually get to do a whole lot of in my normal life. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were just telling me about two kids, obviously getting closer to Christmas as it is right now. Uh, so it's a busy time, even for you during the off season, right? It is just fills up with other sorts of busyness, not so much tennis. But like I said, this was uh, I'm excited to be talking about one of the best matches I had the chance to see this year. Yeah, right. It wasn't that long ago, of course. It was about, I think, five weeks ago, I, I suppose. So it was kind of pretty much the end of the, the women's singles season, at least. Uh, how fresh is the match and, and that tournament in general still in your mind, Blair? It's probably fresher in my mind just because I'm still trying to believe that the WGA Finals was not only in Fort Worth, but 20 minutes away from my house. Uh, when they told me that the WTA finals were coming to Fort Worth, I thought it was a joke. I thought somebody was kidding with me. And I said, haha, good one. Um, but it was it, literally in the town in which I live. So to be able to host and work a tournament, um, a home tournament was a special treat for me. And to have the local fans treated to world class tennis, the best in the world was was a lot of fun to watch. Because, of course, the decision was quite late, if you like. It was uh, in Guadalajara last year. And I think for many people, they expected it to be maybe there again. Although I know we did have the, obviously, the end, we ended up having the 1000 tournament there. Um, so I guess it was a bit of a surprise for everyone, including yourself, right? Yes. And, you know, because of that, and there were many challenges in trying to find a spot for it this year, it, I don't think they had as much time as they would have liked the WTA to promote it. And in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, there are a lot of competing events, sports, there's a lot happening here. Um, and so I wish that there was maybe a little longer runway to promote. But the good news is by the time we got to the Garcia-Kazak you know, match uh, in the week, it was, I believe, on a Thursday or Friday, 
Mm -hmm. People, word had gotten out, um, the stands were more full. And I will tell you, even from the beginning, even when, listen, on TV, I know it didn't look spectacular in terms of attendance, the fans were really engaged. And by the end of this match, they were on the edge of their seats. So it was fun for all of us. Well, understandably so. I mean, it was a, a pretty crazy match, not least because of what also went on to occur later in the tournament, if you like. And I mean, basically it became a shootout between both of these players. I think both had had one win and one loss in the first two matches. So now it was a simple shootout for a place in the semifinals, a quarterfinal, if you like. And it certainly lived up to um, expectation, if not beyond expectation, I would suggest. Yeah, it was. it's funny because, you know, any other tournament is a shootout. Whoever wins moves on. But it's amazing how quickly you get used to the round robin format. You're like, wait a second. This is for all the marbles here. Whoever wins this is going to be in the semifinals. They And that player had to play again uh, the next day. So you knew it was going to be a relatively quick turnaround. Um, so again, the stakes were high and the uh, contrast between styles of play was intriguing going in as well. I think that's a really good point about the, the the very different styles of play. I think we all know, or many of us know, what what type of player Garcia is. How would you describe Kazakina, though? Frustrating for her. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I wish I had the time to do was was talk to um, a player, Shelby Rogers, who I've gotten to know, and and I still might retroactively reach out to her because she had a couple of losses to Dasha in 2022, and just to see from somebody who's on the court on the other side of the net, what it is like to play here. I just think that shot shot to shot, you feel like you should be doing better than you do against her. She just mm -hmm. has a way of putting the ball exactly where she wants it, mixing it up just enough. Her serve is not overpowering. So again, mentally, I, I would think as a player on the other side of the net, you'd be thinking, okay, I have the tools to get this done. And uh, Dasha actually called herself uh, a goalkeeper before this match. She said, I'm going to have to be the best goalkeeper I can be because she knew that Garcia was just going to be relentless with that aggressive style of play. But I just think, I think that Dasha's game would be very frustrating to face because I think mentally you'd be thinking, gosh, I should be able to figure this out. She's not blowing me off the court. Well, I think we're going to see one or two moments, one or two flashpoints, uh, particularly towards the end of the first set where I think Garcia did uh, grow frustrated either by her opponent or even by herself. Um, I think it's a great point you make about the contrasting of styles. And what I also thought the match had, and we will get into some of the nitty gritty moments of the match as well, but what I thought the match had as well was so many twists and turns. You really didn't know which direction you were going in. Just when you thought one player or the other had a foothold into the match, you know, that was retched yeah. away. It wasn't like somebody had a, a break advantage and it stayed that way until the end of the set, for example. It was just constant breaks of serve. And also games were finishing in such a myriad of different ways. Unforced errors on the forehand, on the backhand, on the volley. Also winners left, right and centre as well. Of course, more often than not from the racket of Garcia. But that's what, for, for me, at least the first probably two sets characterized it. Yeah, absolutely. And it was it's interesting, too. There's the contrast of styles, but that leads itself to some interesting stats. I actually went back and, and looked at the notes, and I knew these in a general sense going into the match. But so you have, you know, Garcia, who led the tour and aces in 2022. Uh, Dasha, not so much. I think she was 49th on the list, um, which is, of course, much lower than her actual ranking. Um, 
She's second on tour. Dasha is behind only Sakari for saving break points. Uh, she's ranked number three in both percentage of return games won and return points won. So you have this player who's, again, great off the return facing perhaps one of the best servers. But I also think that Dasha is a good big point player. Um, and, and she also is a momentum player because I think she had one of the interesting stats going in was she had won all 29 matches where she'd been up. She'd won the first set that season and in, in this season in 2022. Okay. Um, so again, once she got that first set under her belt, it was easy to think, okay, she's figured it out. Um, she knows how to play these big points and she's going to get it done in the second. And then of course, uh, the momentum quickly turned. Exactly. I mean, just talking through the first set, I mean, really, I think they shared the first two games on serve, but then it was just breaks galore. Kazakina broke for 2-1, then it was back on serve because Garcia broke back. Garcia then holds and then breaks again for 4-2. So now you're thinking 4-2 up, you know, it's going to be really big now for Garcia. But of course, then Kazakina breaks back. We've got a nice roar of delight here and an image that I've got shown up on our screens. Um, it then comes back to 4-all because Kazakina as Akina holds. And now at the end of this first set, we do start to see some frustration from Garcia as now what she expects should be winners from her are not turning into winners. They're going into tram lines. They're going into the net in particular. Um, she soon loved 40 down on her serve. And I think there's one moment when she does sort of swing the racket, but it doesn't quite make contact with the with the surface. I mean, she's swinging in frustration. And then I also remember a bit at, at a change, or I think this is probably at 5-4 down um, in the first set, where she's almost just like peeling the banana in anger. She's so frustrated. And I remember Pam Shriver as well in the commentary said that her forehand has just disappeared. And it really did seem to be a bit of a melting point for her as, as Kazakina won that first set. Yeah. Afterward, in the press conference, Garcia talked about the fact that in the first set, the accuracy just wasn't there. As you said, it's and it's one of those things I feel like for those of us who play, you have those days where everything feels OK, but everything is just shooting just a bit long, wide, short, low, whatever it is. And so I think that is perhaps where that frustration that we saw from Garcia came from. But again, in the second half of the season, it's what we started to see from her regularly. She's been able to deal better with adversity on court. It's what we saw from her even five years ago, which was the last time she was at the WTA finals. The, the thing that maybe Andy Murray saw that made him think yeah. he's going to be world number one one day, which, hey, listen, that if, if she does it, that will go down as for sure the most amazing a prophetic moment in tennis history, in my opinion. Uh, but again, it's she had shown herself to be able to deal with that adversity. She said she felt it in that first set. Everything was just a little bit off. And then she made an adjustment. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. For those of you that are watching, by the way, I do urge you to go back onto YouTube and watch this match because I think for in Europe, it was on pretty late at night, so it wasn't quite easy for everyone to see. But 
Um, I'm telling you now, there's some sensational shots. There's also some errors, like I said, but sometimes for the best matches, you, you kind of need a bit of drama. And there was certainly plenty of that. I mean, we'll, we'll come into the most dramatic moments shortly. But I do have a sl- sort of offshoot question for you, um, Blair, in that you mentioned Garcia, you mentioned the nature of her game, you mentioned the feel that she needs to have. And I think for anyone who's who's playing as aggressively as that, the timing, of course, needs to be spot on, especially on the return of serve. Um, what are your thoughts on her game? Can it can it take her all the way to a... And when I say all the way, slam victory is what I basically mean, uh, rather than necessarily Andy Murray's number one. Is 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 that is that feasible for her, for example, next year? I think so. I, I also thought one thing that was interesting that she said afterward, after, after playing what I would say was a pretty aggressive first set, she didn't feel like she was aggressive enough. Uh, one thing that it is really hard when you have that style of game is to keep it up, to not let up, even when things aren't going 100% your way. Uh, and, and that's why so few people can do it well, because it's very easy to get past a few times. And then we're just talking, I mean, the margins are so small in professional tennis. You start coming in, I don't know, one less time per game, maybe two less times per game. And then all of a sudden the entire match momentum can shift. So the fact that after that first set, she didn't say, I need to think of a different way to go about things. She just thought she needed to do her plan A better. I think that to me was very telling. Um, and that to me says that in the biggest settings, she can do that reliably. And gosh, if I'm on the other side of the net, even if I'm a good big point player, I don't want to face that. I wasn't aware of those comments, but I have to say watching the match again today, that was what I was feeling towards the end of that first set. There was a couple of points when I think she could have gone for it in a way you would expect. And she probably just held back 10%. And that ended up costing her. As, as I say, she lost those two games and it's 6-4. The drama and the excitement, though, certainly continues into the second set. It's Kazakina's turn to lose her temper now, uh, just on the hour mark, as we see here, as, as I think Garcia maybe takes a break and goes up 3-1 in the second set. Um, it's Gus, it's Kazakina's turn to, as I say, to lose her cool. And in fact, Garcia was sensational throughout that set, taking it 6-1. There's one particular game when I think Garcia on return is just perfect, as only the French woman can be in so many respects. An incredible series of returns. I've got some notes here. And, and this forehand winner, we can see that sets up 5-1 before taking that set. Do you remember what you were thinking at the end of the second set? Because Really now it does feel like the momentum is with Garcia. I thought Garcia was going to have a much more straightforward third set. That's what I was thinking. Um, I should have I should have known better. Uh, but you could see it. I think when um, Dasha got broken serving at 1-2 in that second set, she was actually up 40-15, um, I believe. Oh. I went back and checked that, but she talked about that too. She's like, I was, I mean, I was doing fine in that game. And then I just opened the door a crack and Garcia barged right through. And and that's all she needed to get that momentum back on her side. And again, it's easy to look at Garcia's game and think that's going to be the game that comes out on top. Uh, But again, that's why Dasha to me is so fun to watch because she somehow finds a way her balance is really good they were a lot of especially going into the beginning of that third set I felt like the length of the rallies extended there were some really punishing physical points 
Uh, earlier in the week, Sabalenka likened the uh, courts to grass. They were, oh. a yeah, which I thought was interesting. Um, they were a little bit on the uh, lower bouncing side. Okay. Um, not and it wasn't skiddy either. There, there was just maybe a little bit more time, but with that low bounce, um, so maybe okay. lent itself to, to slightly longer rallies uh, as far as that's concerned. But yeah, it, it got that, that third set was so physical, and and Kazakina was was down a break twice. Uh, so I kept thinking that I was going to be right about the the simplicity of that third set, but boy, was I wrong. Yeah, because I think Garcia breaks for one love and then it's one all because of a break back from Kazakina. Um, and also, by the way, just you mentioning, this is the beginning of the third set, you mentioning the grass comment also just made me think, I mean, maybe I'm jumping to too many conclusions here, but it is a tournament that Sviontek didn't win and there weren't too many of those tournaments from the spring onwards, um, uh, really. So so I'm just thinking grass, okay, that's an interesting point bearing in mind. Uh, how Sviontek's season didn't end in victory. But listen, back to this match anyway. There were more breaks galore in this third set. As you say, I think uh, Kazakina did brilliantly to sort of gather herself and gather her thoughts and, and rest the sort of momentum that Garcia seemed to have. Uh, I didn't know that stat, by the way, about Kazakina winning basically I think every match of this year until this match, having won the first set. So I think that's interesting. Uh, Garcia then uh, breaks, but then there's uh, now there's some winners from Kazakina in this match at three all. Sensational, as we can see. I remember there's one point where where Kazakina just runs this ball down, and I'm thinking she's barely going to get there. Never mind get her racket on it, and never mind produce a winner off it. And this is her response to that point. And it was probably until this point it was the point of the match. I would say. Then there's another winner down the line, and and it's three all. And, um, you know, I'm just thinking, boy, oh boy, the level of tennis now in the third set was probably the highest on both sides of that. It was probably, it felt like, I don't know statistically as though the unforced errors were going down, but the, the level of tennis was, was particularly high in my opinion. Yeah, I, I was, I was I literally on the edge of my seat watching, watching this match. Um, and again, people were invested uh which which you love when the crowd is on the edge of their seat and i think they were probably riding the same roller coaster that that we all were literally on the sidelines is you know we kept thinking that garcia might have had the upper hand and every time that dasha was able to break back um and we haven't talked about that one pivotal game the ninth game of the set yet but every time she was able to hang in there i thought okay well maybe this is going to shift the momentum back in Kazakina's favor. Now that she's, you know, Garcia has had the advantage. She's had her opportunities and hasn't taken them. Okay, well then maybe that's going to shift it the other way. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Tell us about that ninth game because it was. I think there was six six break points that Garcia had uh, to six. I mean, I hate this expression for so many reasons, especially on a day uh, like like. Uh, by the way, I didn't. I, I need to share that screen that I had up earlier. But especially on a day like today or that particular day when there were so many breaks of serve, but six 
break points. Some people say mini match points. That's the expression that uh, I mean I was referring to. Um, tell us about that game because it was nuts in some ways. Uh, yes, it, I, I wish I had. I I don't know if you happen to know how long that game was in, in terms of minutes. I wish I remembered. I I mean it was long. Six. I know six break points, and it felt like maybe one or two game points. So, yeah. um, I mean, I would imagine fifteen minutes plus anyway. Which, yeah. which in, yeah. it, I don't know when you probably you were there courtside. Maybe maybe time disappears. I mean, often it can even when you're watching on TV. But it was lengthy anyway. Yes, and you and I even felt too. You mentioned the mini match points. Uh, if Garcia was able to convert one of those six break points, but I also felt that after we had gotten, you know. 10 minutes plus into the game that if Dasha was able to win that game, having saved several break points, that it could be sort of a mental match point for her. And she would be able to get it over the line after that. But I just remember it just being so physical. I also remember holding my breath every single time that Dasha served. <laughs> the, okay. the serve has a bit of a whiffly quality to it, um, which can make it deceiving. It can also make it seem like an aggressive player like Caroline could get up. I mean, she's Caroline is 5'10". You know, she's a she's tall. She's she's strong. And she was she was taking serves from so far inside the court. Um, and so, you know, it, I, for for Tasha, I'm holding my breath because there just wasn't a whole lot of aggression coming off the start of the point. And so you felt that she was sort of on her heels to start things off. You felt like it was on Caroline's racket. Yeah, I think Caroline can make many players feel like that. I mean, you mentioned that the, the return of serve, it's something that's been spoken about a lot throughout her career, but possibly even more so during this successful period that she had. Because, I mean, let's let's also remember that Garcia from pretty much Wimbledon onwards until the end of the season. She got to the semifinals in New York. I was there and when she when she lost her semifinal to Ange Jabeur. I felt that day against Ange Jabeur that maybe there was a moment in the match where she could have mixed things up a bit in terms of her, her style of playing, particularly the return position. I remember a few times with Jabeur's serve, she could barely get her racket on it. I don't think she has the same problem with Kazakina for, for some of the reasons we've laid out before. But but listen, it's sensational to watch when it works, especially. And for various moments in this match, it did work. I mean, I was watching uh, one return of serve where, I don't know, she was almost on the, almost on the service line, even yeah. though it was a backhand return. And um, as I say, that's, that's her style. And I don't think she'll be changing now. Um, and it, as you say, though, when it comes to that game, I can I can exactly I know exactly what you mean where you're feeling very nervous because of a because of her style of play but also because of the tense moment in the match where Kazakina was at. However, she does win that game and now Garcia is serving to stay in the match. In fact, she had to do it, to do it twice and actually she did it reasonably comfortably, which is hats off to her and set her up if you like for the tiebreak. I think Kazakina gets an early so we're now into the deciding set tiebreak. Mm -hmm. And I have just watched this, but I need to just remember now. Uh, I think Kazakina takes an early mini break for 2-1. Um, but what are your memories of the deciding set tiebreak? Uh, I will say the deciding set tiebreak for me is a little bit of a blur. I wish I had. I should have pulled up the point by point uh, for myself. But yes, I do remember that. And it was it was in some ways a microcosm of what the whole match had looked like. You You felt that, okay... 
Dasha is working every single angle on the court. She uses every single bit of it. She's mixing it up. And Caroline is relentless, looking for her opportunity to come in, looking for her opportunity to be aggressive. And it was back and forth, back and forth until that match point that Caroline had. Yeah, right. I mean, um, I mean, to be honest with you, though, the, the I'm just trying to remember, I'm trying to remember how it finished. Now, the, the actual match point itself. It was, um, it, go it, on, it was tell me. match point. Yeah, yeah, right. Tell us about the match point, and then we'll I'll, I'll give you a bit more of a pricey of the of the tiebreak itself. Yeah, again, it was so physical, so long, um, and and Caroline, I'm trying to remember was. She was mid-court, I believe, when she collapsed. I'm trying to remember where she was when she collapsed on the court. But again, one of those points, one of the things that I like about watching Dasha play is even when you feel like she should be off balance, she is able to recover and almost restart the point because she's able to just push a ball back deep and and have a second start to the point. Um, and she did that in that in that match point, and then Caroline collapses on the court. And one thing I very clearly remember is her sitting on her bench, just like heaving breaths, trying to catch her breath after it was all over. Because not only was it an emotional reaction when she won, but again, that last point was so incredibly intense. Yeah, very much so. I mean, listen, it, it it also gets. I mean, she won it to five in the end. Um, that tiebreak, uh, Garcia. But um, of course, what happens for the rest of the tournament in the fact that obviously Garcia goes on to win it. I guess that when you look at matches, because I was thinking about it with, I was discussing the uh, Yannick Sinner match against Carlos Alcaraz recently, and I was wondering about the magnitude of the match. Bearing in mind, Alcaraz goes on to win the tournament. Uh, does that does that add something to it, or or more importantly, does it take something away when maybe if this was just a, a first group match, for example, uh, that does that does affect how we view the, the you know the match as a whole, right? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I was concerned for Caroline having to play Maria Sakari not even twenty four hours later. I was thinking physically that was going to be a factor. I was extremely impressed. Not only did she come out and play well, but she routined Maria Zachary um, the following day. So the fact that she was able to almost build on that when really it could have depleted her physically was even more impressive, in my opinion. She did, although perhaps Zachary sometimes, and I love Maria to bits in so many respects, and I'm desperate to see mm -hmm. her perhaps get over that hurdle that she has in terms of slams. Yes. But um, but I, but sometimes we just don't always know which Maria Zachary is going to turn up. That is true. That is that is the other factor uh, there. But listen, I think that all of these players are good enough to where if the door is open for them somebody's going to step through. So if Caroline had come out and just been a little bit off or had been a step slow or not quite as aggressive or not able to play her game the same way, I do think Maria could have found her rhythm and it may have taken a minute, but who knows what happens in the end. But, but Caroline just didn't even give that as a possibility. By the way, the, the match point, I'm just watching it again. Oh, good. Uh, it's, flat. Like, Tell me. <laughs> it's a 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 
30, 29 shot rally, if I've calculated correctly. By the way, if I've got it wrong, someone will definitely be telling me on Twitter at some point, uh, you I'm got that wrong by one. That. <laughs> but I, but, and let me tell you, I'm now looking at, you're right. So she's now sort of on her knees mid, mid court. And not only that, I think the, the, the tie break is almost a microcosm of their two games. We've got, We've got uh, Kazakina, or oh, sorry, Garcia is trying to win the point as soon as she possibly can. Yes. Kazakina looks like she's earning a dollar for every shot that this goes. Um, and I, and I, it's great. It's great. And listen, Kazakina looks towards her box. It's two hours 27 on the clock. I'll see if I can bring this image up on the screen for us as well at some point before, before you go. But I just love how it's sort of like I say, like uh, it's like a. Uh, a, a microcosm for their two games and, and also the match as a whole. Yeah, it, it really was. It To me, it was a very fitting end. And it's interesting. One of the things that you said got me thinking. Uh, another thing that I found fascinating going into this match and really going into the tournament is the fact that Caroline Garcia didn't have a coach there, uh, unless you count her dad, who was, of course, her okay. coach for many years. But she split with her coach, uh, Bertrand Perre, I believe, literally the week before. And Perret came out with some uh, less than flattering uh, quotes uh, about their time. He said, you know, their time together was great, but there were certain things toward the end that he said, it's, it's not, not working for me anymore um, and made it sound like it was his choice. Who knows what the actual story is, uh, but but those quotes came out literally leading into this tournament. So she's there without the coach that she had this incredible second half of the season with, went from 75 in the world to number four now. Um, and and I felt like that was interesting, too, because uh, Daria Kazakina has Carlos Martinez in her corner. They had some very lengthy chats. Um, I believe it was this match, maybe after the first set um uh Garcia left the court and she had a very long sideline chat uh with Martinez which still seems which is still unusual to watch for me even though I know we've been doing this for a while now um but uh but so there was a lot of input there and and with Garcia you know she she's there without her coach her mom and dad were on the sidelines um got to meet her mom for the first time lovely went up and introduced myself and she said you know, I don't speak English. And so I said, okay, great to meet you. Um, my, my French is not good enough. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I thought that that was an interesting dynamic going into it as well, that Garcia has maybe learned this season how to problem solve um, on her own, maybe with the input of this other coach and is now able to deploy that by herself on the court, which is ultimately what you want in a coach-player relationship. She just needs Andy Murray to retire and, and then she can take him on her onto her team, given the belief he has in her. That would be that would be great. Um, but but yeah, to your point, what you said earlier is, you know, sometimes is there room for some micro adjustments, um, maybe mm. not returning from three feet behind the service line if it's not working. I do think that there's some nuance there and and, you know, perhaps that will come. And I think that comes with confidence, too. Uh, but uh, but it certainly worked. Plan A worked for Garcia in this match. Yeah, good. Can you see on the screen the image I've got of, of her yeah. in the middle of the court there? Okay, good. Yeah, so, I mean, that's just after the match point. But yeah, okay, that's really some interesting points. We are sort of into the, f the final couple of minutes now, uh, Blair. But uh, uh, listen, the, the enthusiasm that you have for this match, given that you were courtside, the enthusiasm for me as well, it was reignited today as I, as I rewatched it. 
Um, it was pretty much almost two and a half hours, but it was two and a half hours of gold. Um, it is one of the probably top two or three women's matches of the year. I think it helps that Garcia, obviously, as you mentioned, she was full of energy. She was fine in the in the semifinals against uh, Saka, as you mentioned. And then she goes into the final and and, and another player, a little bit like um, Zachary in that Garcia, sorry, in that um, Sabalenka sometimes sort of seems to have this sort of mental block in slams. We see it quite a few times in semifinals when perhaps we saw it a little bit. She'd obviously beaten uh, Sviontek. And so now we have Garcia against Sabalenka. I thought the final, by the way, funny enough, though, I will say this. I don't think it was a case of Sabalenka not turning up. I thought the quality in the final was pretty high on both sides of the net. There were, I think there was barely a break of serve in both sets, but perhaps that's because everyone was playing or both players were playing really well. Is that fair? I totally fair. I thought that was a really quality match and it was maybe an unusual match in, again, the styles of play because you have Sabalenka who you know is going to be absolutely clubbing the ball again, plan A. She has her plan A. We all know what plan A is. Um, and then you had Garcia who who didn't back down and had to maybe find creative ways to get to the net. Um, interesting targets as she approached. So yeah, no, it was a it was a quality match, a, just a great showcase for women's tennis. Couldn't agree more. And uh, listen, Garcia, I think crowning off what was an excellent sort of five or six months with her for her. I remember her beating um, Sviontek on clay, I think it was in Poland. She certainly beat Sviontek in Poland anyway. Um, and, and she had a reasonably good US Open in probably a little bit disappointing in the semifinal, but she crowned it off here, of course. Oh, she also won a, a Masters 1000. She just, was it uh, just before the US Open in Canada? Yeah, no, Cincinnati. Yeah, sorry. I often get those two confused. So, uh, yeah. so a really good year for her. And do you think, so I, I said it before, we're coming up now. We're a month away uh, pretty much from the Australian Open. Is she a candidate to win the Australian Open? Ooh, that is a good question. Um, I do think the courts are not the same at the Australian Open <laughs> as they were in, in Fort Worth. But the fact that she won titles on all three surfaces this summer yeah. I think bodes well for her ability to adjust. So I, I say, why not? Why not? Sure. And ho I hope she brings her cowboy boots. <laughs> Blair, let's get that clip. Let's get that uh, comment out there. Why not? Uh, why not Caroline Garcia? And, and we're all here for it. Listen, Blair, I just want to say a big thank you to you for, for stepping in and, 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 providing us some great analysis. You were there, obviously, in Fort Worth, albeit just a few steps away from your house. And it's great to have you talking tennis with us today. This was a pleasure, and I would love to do it again sometime. Thanks, John. Blair, uh, I'm just going to uh, click and end recording. But um, anyway, listen, everyone, uh, who else is stopping by, make sure you have a great day. And uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and click the like. If you if you think, why not for Caroline Garcia, make sure you click the like button below. And uh, for the rest of you, make sure you hit the notification bell and we'll be seeing you soon. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.